ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out on this podcast. We're going to take it back. We're going back to August 29th, 1995. On that day, singer, songwriter, Faith Evans released her debut smash album entitled Faith. And this album is turning 25 years old and we're going to talk about it. And of course, I've got my homie, Eclectic. He's in the house. So after the break, we will present to you Faith 25 years later on the 12 Kyle podcast. And just like that, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. And as I mentioned in the intro, we are taking it back. We're taking it back to 1995. The debut album, Faith, from the first lady of bad boy, Faith Evans. And, uh... We got a special guest. I mean, really, he's not a special guest. He's just a guest. My man Eclectic is in the house. E, what up, baby? Yeah, I promise I'm special. Um, <laughs> not the average kind to accept any line that sounds good. Yo, uh, it's good to be here. You know, we talk about some faith. Let's talk about some bad boy. Talk about anything. Thank you for having me on. No doubt, no doubt, man. Now, it's always interesting for me because if people have been following the podcast, they know we get on here and we talk hip hop all the time. But, um, you know, people don't know this or people that know, you know this, but you know, some of the listeners don't know, you know, R and B like you really know R and B. So, and if you've been following the podcast, he's been on here before that. we talked Bobby Brown once before. Mm. So we, we've done some R and B podcasts before, but we're going back to 95, man. Faith Evans, August 29th, 1995. This album is turning 25 years old. Um, so before we start breaking down the tracks and everything like that, let, let's take the people back, man. Somebody who, actually two people right now that you're listening to who were actually outside in 1995. Uh, now you remember how Bad Boy pretty much was running the charts. Um, what do you remember about the buzz prior to Faith's album actually coming out? You know what? To tell you the honest truth, I didn't see it coming. I mean, I knew, I knew about it, but I didn't see it coming. Um, it was just like, yo, that's um, that's Biggie's wife, mm. and I'm like, yeah, no, it's not because he can't <laughs> do that. Um, but now it was like nah for real I'm like alright um, but off the strength of um, um, Mary J. Blige's My Life mm. and she was on that um, so and and a little little bit of buzz off the um, off the mixtapes but, but the My Life because she damn near wrote half of it um, and was on in my opinion, the you know, pretty good song. Um, <laughs> I was like, "Yo, I, I'm down with Faith." Then the, then the, the, the singles came out, 
and I was rocking with the singles. '95 was an incredible year for hip hop, mm. um, but for R and B, it was no a. Um, a lot of a lot of good stuff came out. The the Monica Miss Dang album came out in '95. Um, the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack, mm. people love that. Um, the the Jodeci album, the, the After Party, all that stuff. But <laughs> yeah, um, that was but Brown Sugar came out. Um, um, my, my, my joint, Surrender by Cut Close, came out. This guy. Hey, man. You love that album, too. I, I do. <laughs> i tell you two albums that came out in 95 that were incredible that people sleep on. Surrender by Cut Close and Do You Want to Ride by Dina Howard. Dina Howard, yeah, man. But but all those joints came. I mean, it was a great year for R and B. Montel hit, hit us with "This Is How How We Do It." Um, Subway and the Seven Hundred Two. This little game we play. Mm. Um, so she had company. But um, and my favorite member of En Vogue, Terry Ellis. Hey. She dropped. She dropped incredible legs. Um, and oh boy, that second to Prince had history. <laughs> he came out. Um, listen. That wasn't and a good Pr- album either. It was nah, okay, Prince, I guess. Prince gave us the gold experience, though. Of course. Um, um, so when she did finally drop, it was a, um, a a Tuesday purchase. You had to have it. Yep. And um, just like um, My Life Before It, as soon as you hit play, you knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is incredible. Yeah, man, you you make a great point. It was, it definitely was a great time for music, uh, particularly we've talked about, you know, the influence and what hip hop was in 95. But as you mentioned, uh, R&B was no slouch. I mean, like it was hit after hit after, you know, album after album. It was really some a great time for some incredible music. And, you know, to your point, we there really wasn't a lot of lead up, you know, to this album coming out. Uh, we you know we heard Faith on background vocals for the great MJB, Mary <laughs> Mary J Blige, the on killer the, on the My Life album. Stop it. Um, <laughs> so uh, and of course Mary J. And we'll get into it a little later. Mary J. Returned the favor on this album. Um, and she it, was on um, Usher's joint too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it was uh, it was it was a great time you know for music and everything like that, and it was a great time to be outside. Uh, and I mentioned, you know, her involvement being on Bad Boy uh, Entertainment Music. Um, Puff, you know, at that point, Bad Boy ran the radio. I mean, like they were everywhere. Um, looking back on it now, do do you think that there might have been some trepidation maybe from Faith and her camp about being on such a large hip hop label? Because, you know, you and I, we've been around we saw, you know, some R&B acts tend to get swallowed on, mm. you know, record labels <clears throat> t- total. <clears throat> and um, wow. <laughs> I don't I don't think that was I don't think that was the case of swallow. Well, I think total um, was affected by one um, lack of focus on Puff mm. and the fact that he was um, the whole the whole label was in biggie mode um but as far as far as favors concerned i don't think there was any any um feelings like that because you got to think um 
one, she's riding off the momentum of, you know, doing the, the, the vocals and the writing for my life. And then no other there was no other solo woman on Bad Boy. Mm, right. And and so she was gonna get that priority and since the majority of, you know, ninety four and ninety five was uh, Bad Boy was in biggie mode. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep his wife happy, so she like whatever. It ain't like he was. It ain't like she was like uh, Craig Mack's niece. <laughs> that would have made it worse. Yeah, her shit would have never came out. Yeah, because Craig but, Mack got pushed to the curb. Yeah, yeah. So nah, she 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 was in the perfect place. If she was anywhere else, she might not even um, popped off like like you wanted, like she wanted to. Right. Right. When did you, um, <clears throat> do you remember, because I know for me, I think I had heard the rumor that she was married to Big, but I, I think I may have seen Faith. And again, folks, for those of you listening, there was no internet. So, nah, I, I read it in the source. Okay, that's where I was going. Like, I think I remember reading about it in the source. Uh, rumor has it, and I'm, I'm pretty sure this has been substantiated. Like, they met each other on a video shoot, and they had only known each other for like, a week and then they got married biggie proposed to her um what did you at first glance what did you think about big being married and you know and then being married to faith his label mate um this up-and-coming singer um like i said first i didn't believe it (laughs) none of us Uh, did and then and then they they showed the pictures of him like I I mean uh, at that point it was you know the the weird thing about the 90s and like you said there was no internet but that was irrelevant for this but well I mean it, it's it's actually kind of relevant because he got married and you know metaphor you know a little bit of time cup of coffee but the thing was ultimately no one cared nope. It was. It wasn't any outside of like what I just said. Well, I didn't believe it, and I looked and was like, "I ain't." Well, I mean, shit. <laughs> but that was the extent of the public opinion on it. Mm-hmm. It didn't change anything. It didn't change how people looked at her. It didn't change how people looked at him. It didn't change what we thought of the music. Um, fuck, they barely even was on a song together. Right. So it was. So fast forward to now. Oh. If you see somebody uh, comment on somebody's Instagram, then everybody got an opinion and somebody <laughs> shouldn't, they got to get them out of here and they shouldn't be on together. How he get her and she ugly and and, and he cheating on her with right. this because nobody cared. Nobody cared. No, no one cared. It, it was a great, that as much as we rely on the internet and social media, you know, you guys are listening to this and how you access this and how you even know us, period. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot to say about life and moving without the internet. Yes, yes. I mean, it was an incredible time. We we had, when you think about it, you're like, yo, why is everybody always talking up, bigging up the 80s or bigging up the 90s and throwing 90s parties and talking about how good it was? Because we will never have that again. Ever it's impossible for us to have that again. We didn't have phones to walk around with and all the music. If you wanted all, if you wanted the faith, 
you had to have your little booklet with the CD in it <laughs> or a big tape case and you yep. had to carry it around with you. It wasn't no like, oh, let me just download that real quick. Let me stream it. No. Yep. And 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 all the, the the little the little things that we take for granted happened in the, in the um, early '90s, and it, it's it's just so so different. Um, the fact that this didn't have crazy buzz, but we knew about it, mm-hmm. and it came out, and shit. Next thing you know, it's platinum. That was because it was good. Yep. That was because the word of mouth said, yo, you got to get this. We got to listen to it. Nobody told us that we had to have it. Nobody told us to stream it like that. <laughs> they, they didn't keep playing it all over the radio till we eventually gave in. I was like, yeah, it is good because mm-hmm. I heard it 55 times. Um, that was it. Yeah, man, yeah. you 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 hit the nail on the head. It, it and that's exactly how it played out. I remember, like you said, I remember. I think I heard about their marriage uh, either on the radio. I definitely saw it in the source, and I'm like, oh, faith, oh, and big, oh, wow, okay. And then there's like there was a photo shoot that they did, and then I think that was for either the source or Vibe magazine, one of the two, and um, I think they did a, a cover, and. Um, and that was about it. I was just like, one in, in, um, in the drop top. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, but like you said, it did make me want to listen to Faith even more. But make you know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it made ladies want to listen to Big anymore. So, and and what's weird is that when you go back to that time, and there's no disrespect, but Lil Kim was more associated with Big than faith was mm-hmm. and what's interesting is when you listen to this album and you listen to some of the lyrics it sounds like she's singing to big because at the time that she recorded this they were married but then they were separated at the time too as well so i mean it was it, it was kind of like a whirlwind time between the time that she actually recorded it the time that it came out the time that she was actually promoting it and then ultimately, you know, when she went on her run and then obviously, you know, Big, you know, was was uh, murdered. So it was I'm, I'm sure she went through a lot. And then again, but like I said, what's weird is that there are a lot of people that if they did not know that Faith was married to Big, they always associated Little Kim with with Big, not and not necessarily Faith. And she was the one he was married to. Of course, we know that, you know, Kim and Big had their own little thing going on or whatever like that. But um, I always found that to be interesting always found that to be interesting also let, let it be said <laughs> let it be known <laughs> no no absolutely not um as as black and ugly as biggie would like us to believe he was lazy yeah he was high mm-hmm. faith kim and charlie baltimore he did all right for himself yeah, he did he did <laughs> I'm just saying, he, he 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 did all right. He he he's done better than I have in my life. <laughs> so I just I yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. He, he came up, man. You know, the people who knew Biggie, you know, on a personal level, they always said he was a really really charismatic and funny guy. So you know, uh, charisma and and charm will you know can win you a, a pretty lady every now and then. Um, but as far as this album, man, again, August. 29th 1995 the album drops uh this album had some you know obviously big names behind it uh chucky thompson uh jean claude Oliver, uh and of course the executive producer uh sean puffy combs 
Um, your first, if you can go back to like, maybe not your first listen, but the first couple of times you ran this album, what were you thinking? I will tell you exactly what I was thinking. One, I was thinking this is a mood. It, mm. it puts you, that whole album puts you in a, a good mood. It's, it doesn't, it's, even though some of the some of the songs you might think, Tams, she's going through it a little bit. <laughs> but the way she sang it, it's like, you know, nah. I mean, even if you're going through it, I feel good driving around with this. This mm. is this is this is nice. I could clean up, I could clean up the house to this. I could drive to this. I could cook. I could cook me something up to this. I could have this in the background while I'm playing video games. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was a multi-purpose uh, joint. Um, the thing that surprised me the most about it is for her coming off of my life, writing that, for her to be the first lady of bad boy, and for her to be married to Big, there's no rapping on this album. None. <laughs> for 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 Puff to have anything to do with this in '95, mm-hmm. Bad Boy stick to '95, ridiculous, right? For there's there's not a big verse, a Kim verse. Well, it probably shouldn't be a Kim verse, <laughs> but there's a there's not a big verse. There's not a Craig verse. There's not a Puff verse that someone wrote for him. Nothing. No. Mary didn't even show up to rap. Nope. <laughs> so that was the biggest surprise for a 95 Puff Daddy, bad boy, married to big <laughs> album. <laughs> There's no rapping. And you know, that's a great point because when you think about the other R&B artists that were on Bad Boy, when you think about Total, yeah. you know, they had rapping on their album. When you think about yeah. 112, I mean, yeah. hey, come on. Yeah. She didn't even have the dope bad boy remixes <laughs> with the, with the rap. This is true. I mean, I don't know if people even think about that, but that is wild. I never really thought about that, but you're right. That there's no hip hop at all represented <laughs> and this again, a hip hop label. And she's the first lady of the of the label and she comes out with this classic album and there's no rapping on it at all. Not even, like you said, not even a verse from her husband. <laughs> She's married to the biggest <laughs> rapper of 95. Yes. Yes. The biggest star in hip hop on the biggest label in hip hop. He couldn't even did a verse dissenter on it. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. I tell you what, this is a great place to take a quick commercial break. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from Faith. And on the other side of the break, man, we're going to break down the tracks. Uh, So you guys sit tight. Meaning Collector will be back in just a second. I think maybe about three, four years ago, like before I actually had a record deal, but I knew I was going to get one around that time. (laughs) I just, I think I was just kind of trying to observe um, the, the artists that were out at the time, like, you know, just to get an idea of what I was gonna do it myself. And I kinda did, I noticed that around that time there were a lot of, like most of the, the artists that were at the top of the charts, like my personal opinion was that they weren't that talented, you know, mm-hmm. not the most talented people. But I've grown from that time, I've learned that it's, it really has a lot more to do with 
talent. I mean, I mean, it has more to do with a balance of image, you know, being able to carry yourself and represent, you know, your art, the artist that you are, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Some artists have an image or are put together or made into being the artist that they are, but mm -hmm. me, not I. No, I'm just, you know, I just kind of said, okay, now I think I just want to be myself. I think maybe about three, four years ago, like before I actually had a record deal, but I knew I was gonna get one around that time. <laughs> I just, I think I was just kind of trying to observe um, the, the artists that were out at the time, like, you know, just to get an idea of what I f was gonna do with myself. And I kind of did, I noticed that around that time there were a lot of, like most of the, the artists that were at the top of the charts, like my personal opinion was that they weren't that talented, you know, mm -hmm. not the most talented people. But I've grown from that time. I've learned that it's, it really has a lot more to do with talent. I mean, I mean, it has more to do with a balance of image, you know, being able to carry yourself and represent, you know, your art, the artist that you are or whatever. Mm -hmm. Some artists have an image or are put together or made into being the artist that they are. But mm -hmm. me, not I. No, I'm just, you know, I just kind of said, okay, now I think I just want to be myself. And just like that, we are back. Once again, it's your boy, 12 Kyle. This is the 12 Kyle podcast. And we're talking about the debut album from Faith Evans entitled Faith Hard to believe, 25 years, and I got my man Eclectic in the building, yep. and we're talking about this album. Uh, as I mentioned before the break, uh, we were going to break down the tracks. Uh, this album is right at a little more than an hour, hour and two minutes. Um, for me, it's relatively quick. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't feel like an hour. It goes back to what you said before the break, E, just talking about it's a vibe where you can do several different things. You can be riding, you can be, you know, chilling in the crib. I used to clean up a lot to this album. Um, I used to ride in the car with my girl, <laughs> in the car with my girl, singing songs and stuff. Just it was just a, a cool ass album to listen, and still is to this day a cool ass album to listen to. Um, and again, no hip hop on it at all. Uh, so we start the album off with the faith interlude. Um, I think on this interlude, she's just really trying to let you know she's here. It's only 41 seconds produced by Chucky Thompson. Um, very melodic interlude. Uh, and then we move to track two, no other love, uh, produced by puff. Um, what did you think about no other love man? Track two. Um, no other love was great. I I appreciated the sample. What was that? Um, what did they sample? Welcome by. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's welcome by. Um, welcome the, by by Isaac Hayes. You're right. Yeah, the the the, the track is crazy, uh, and really short song though. Mm -hmm. Um, the theme of this album is she got in and got out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested to know how the recording session was like. You know, if they if they would have came and said, "Nah, she had a lot of this stuff written. We did it in a week." I'd believe it. Really? Um, but um, nah, th it this song set 
the pace more so than even the um the interlude it set the pace mm-hmm. and set the expectation and the mood for the entire album it was like this album is impeccably yes. sequenced it is it truly is man and and i think you make a great point because she did get in and get out i mean it wasn't like you know you, it was long and dragged on like like i said the album is it's an hour long, but it doesn't feel like it's an hour long, particularly when you're listening to it. And yeah. I think to your point about the sequencing is that back then you really, as especially as a first time artist, you wanted to make sure that people knew who you were and what your sound was like or what it was going to be like represented on this particular album early in the album. So even if you had a smash or lead single, it could be somewhere in the middle when you sequence your songs, you wanted to make sure that, you know, the vibe and the mood for the album was up front in the beginning. Like, for example, the Cut Close album that you listened to, that you mentioned earlier, that album is, you know, they hit you off the bat and let you know, okay, hey, this is this is who we are, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that was very indicative of, you know, a lot of music that came out in the 90s that, you know, they, they didn't really play around. They weren't going to give you a whole bunch of filler whole bunch of you know little this little that they really wanted to set the pace for what it was that you were going to be listening to so you were in tune from the beginning all the way through Mm -hmm. and then we moved to track three falling in love um this was written by uh faith evans and the aforementioned m j b (laughs) mary j blige the killer Mary J. Blige's sister, LaTanya Blige, and Gordon <laughs> Chambers also wrote on the album. Um, I mean, excuse me, wrote on this song. Falling in Love contains a sample by the great Patrice Russian. Uh, you remi- uh, excuse me, Remind Me is the name of the song. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think about track three, man? The dope thing about um, Falling so basically... Uh, no other love set to, set the tone. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of it was kind of like um, when you getting ready, you you heading out. Maybe you heading out to pick up your girl, mm-hmm. uh, or pick up your guy, or maybe you it's the '90s, so maybe maybe about to go to the mall or meet somebody up. What 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 No other love did is you getting ready and getting in the car. Mm-hmm. What falling in love is when you're driving this that's windows down that that made that is that is some people could consider this uh a perfect fall song it could be also a perfect summer song it's that's just gonna put you in a good mood Mm. um and a lot a lot of that goes to the production and the bridge see the the song is structured great um because they they repeat the uh, the bridge like three times, mm-hmm. <laughs> <You> no? <know? laughs> because again, the, the song is the song is she got in, she got out. Yep. <laughs> she gave she gave us a she gave us a little verse bridge repeat repeat a little bit of verse we out. Yep. But but um that is I'm on my way. I'm about to be there. I'm enjoying myself. I'm at the stoplight, looking at people, people watching. I'm at the park. Right. This is this this gives you the um the A Marie vibe. Hey, perfect, yeah. perfect, yeah. perfect, hey, perfect way to describe it, man. I I couldn't agree more, man. This is my second favorite track on the album, and 
I love this joint, man. Part of the reason is is obviously the music because Remind Me is one of my one of the songs that I remember. You know, like there's some some songs that just remind you of your childhood. I remember seeing Patrice Russian on Soul Train. I couldn't have been no more than probably about six or seven. And I was like, yo, who is this? Like, I fell in love with Patrice Russian the first time I saw her. And, and so, people, uh, he, he actually, to this day, wears his hair like Patrice Russian. <laughs> yo, I, let me tell you something. I might step, Patrice Russian got to be like in her 50s or 60s. I might step to Patrice Russian if I saw her in the streets for real. Um, I just had a huge crush on her. And um yeah, this this joint, man, it, it it takes me back. And like you said, it it sets the mood. It is uh, a definitely a feel good song. Um, it's a little up tempo, you know, compared to you know what else is on this album. But um, yeah, I'm rolling. My my second favorite song on this album, man. I love this song. It it, it like you said, it's it's a vibe. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. vibe, and it and it really gets you in the mood for what it is you're about to do. This one, um, like I said, it was co-written by the great. Mary J. Blige. Um, then we get to track four, Ain't Nobody, uh, written by Faith Evans, Sean Puffy Combs, and Chucky Thompson. Um, you know you Puff think? ain't write nothing. <laughs> what you think about Ain't Nobody? Um, ain't Nobody is my second favorite Word. song on the album. Okay. Um, this, my, my top three is... Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Just, just well, give me, give me your third. Well, well, your third. Well, 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 yeah, hold on. I know how to do this. I'm a professional <laughs> podcaster. My top three, two of them, ain't nobody, and we already talked about no other love. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I, I, I know how this okay, works. I see, I see. So, but ain't nobody is my second favorite. Um, the beat is crazy. The chorus, oh <laughs> man, the fact and. And I'll tell you the thing about this. This is one of the songs, and we'll get to the we'll get to the main one. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the songs where, like at the end, because they repeat the chorus ninety nine times, right? And I love it every time. Got to. But she sings her face off at the she end does. of the song. <laughs> so she crushed it. It's like she. It's I, I think it. I think it goes. To, to show when an artist also writes their songs, you get a different kind of emotion and feeling when they sing their own words. Mm, speak on it. And so, you know, if someone else is just giving you a song because they think it'll blow or say, oh, now this one, here, here, I got this song. You're going to sing it. You'll sing it how they tell you. You'll sing it how you but when you wrote it and you know what the emotion you're trying to let out, Oh, mm. you could just you could just tell, and I mean, in this song, yeah, I love this song. <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah, I love this song. I play this song often. Yeah, man, this this joint right here, man, it's like you said at the end. She's just letting you know, like, look, I can blow, and I mean, like, that was the thing for me, particularly back in this time, because again, for those of you listening that might be a little bit younger. There was no auto tune. You know, you could either sing or you couldn't. And the thing that was really uh, stressed in that particular time in the 90s was like, don't put nothing on record that you can't do in real life. (laughs) 
And so, you know, Faith is one of those singers like she's from the cloth of like, look, if I put it on wax, I'm gonna fuck it up live. Like, so I'm not like, so she ain't playing with you. So she just lets you know, like at the end of the song, she's, but the whole song, man, top to bottom, incredible song, man. Another, another gem. And this, again, it flows, going back to your point, it flows very well with the sequencing sequencing of this album. Um, then we move on to track five, You Are My Joy, which is which was an interlude, which honestly, in my opinion, could have been a song. That's only a minute and eight seconds. But it sound it didn't sound like an interlude to me. It sounded like a song like they might have started on it and you know, like, nah, let's just let's make it shorter. You know, something like that. I, that's just the vibe I got. Um I, I, I feel I, I feel the same way, but I think it could have been a song. It sounded like it was a song, but if they made it a song, I'm not sure it would have fit on this album. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I feel, um, it. I feel Because it. this is the only thing that, even though I like it, this is the only thing that took me out of the moment of the album. <laughs> really? Because you got to think about it. I'm coming. No Other Love. Mm. No Other Love that basically basically was her, um, uh, Biggie's warning. Yes. She was definitely singing uh, the big. Yeah, I mean, and even the the beat, the do, yeah, very simple. Very it's simple. warning. It's warning. <laughs> <laughs> she could have said, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> it's, it's, it's the fuck. It's warning. They're falling in love, make you feel good. Ain't nobody. <laughs> I just caught what you said. <laughs> it's her warning. Shut up. And so, <sighs> and so, ain't nobody. And then this, I'm like, oh, well, you kind of bringing me down now, but. Because of like I said, it's incredibly sequenced. Mm-hmm. It was a bring down moment for it. It was a setup for the next song. Yeah, the next song, so, track six, man. Yeah, it made sense. Love don't live here anymore. Um, classic song written by Miles Gregory, uh, produced by Prince Charles Alexander, Sean Puffy Combs, and Mark Ledford. Um, this was a thing in the '90s, uh, particularly if you had a dope album. You know, you could get your cover off. I mean, where you could cover a classic song. Not everybody could do it. And to be honest, you really you had to be careful which song you tried to cover, because when you do a cover song as an artist, particularly as an R&B artist, you want people to love your version just as much as they love the original. Um, So Faith comes in and she does love don't live here anymore. Um, Man. I just the the thing about this song, I always go back to like my first couple of listens of this album and just hearing her hit those first notes. I was just like, yo, she is killing this shit. Like because it's at this point, it's it's six for six for me. I'm like, there's no skips. That I'm 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 all in. well, I was hooked from <laughs> I was hooked from the beginning, but. Uh, Love Don't Live Here Anymore, for her to do that, man, I thought it was incredible, and she did not disappoint, man. What did you think about it? I have I have a few thoughts about this. Um, one, um, when I when I first got this album, and I got to this, and I, I, I knew that Mary was on it, 
and I heard it, and I thought, my first thought was, this should have been on my life mm. instead of I'm going down. And if that was on my life instead of I'm going down, I probably would have put my life as the greatest R&B album that's <laughs> ever, ever been created. Um, the second thought is, and, and, and I like this song, the second thought was, this is my least favorite song on the album. Mm. This I was like, this song is incredible. Both of them sang it well. It was produced well and everything. It was like, but this at best should have been a bonus track. It doesn't fit. Okay. It doesn't fit the the vibe, the feeling of the album. Great song. Mm-hmm. It should have. It could have been like I said. It could have been on my life. It could have been on her next album. Right. It could have been a bonus track of this album. But right here where they put it, it's like. Damn, because like I said, that interlude was taking me out. So basically, I'm cleaning, and then the interlude, <laughs> interlude come on. I'm I'm turning the vacuum off, like, oh. and then this song come on, like, oh, I guess I can use the restroom now. I, <laughs> it's the restroom break of the album for me. Okay, okay. My third thought is third and final thought on this song is. And I was going to wait till we we were going to wrap up the album, but I'm going to say it now because it's, it's relevant. I thought Mary J. Blige was out of here because I was like, this woman, Faith, who I knew nothing about, mm-hmm. she is killing. Even if I didn't like this song as much as everything, she's killing. I was like, she's, she's the next Mary. Mary's done. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, this this is a rap. I don't even know why Mary even got on here because she she should have knew. I'm like, nah, nah. She did. She was doing what Mary should have did or what Mary was doing. But I like you said, there was no skips or anything. I was like, I I I can't see her going wrong. If this is the worst, it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mary's done. It's about to be the faith era. I was like, and she married the. Be- I was like, oh, that's yeah, a wrap. Yeah. So, so that those were my thoughts when when this song came on. You know what's interesting, man? I I remember I bought the CD, and for some reason, Mary J. Blige is singing the second verse. Mm-hmm. The first couple of listens, I did not know that was Mary. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, and then, you know, and I'm talking to my friends. Oh, yeah, man, you heard Mary on that. I was like, and I and I don't think Mary was at least on the copy that I had. And this was years ago. I don't think she was even credited for being on the song. Yes, she was. At, at least on the, uh, again, this is the copy that I had. So I mean, like, I bought. Oh, the one. Uh, I, I see where you got. It, it was on on a blanket. <laughs> It was on a blanket <laughs> no, outside I, of Rite Aid. I bought, no, I, I actually bought this from the record store, but for whatever reason, she wasn't on the. She wasn't on uh, as far as giving a, a song credit for it. But um, but yeah, you're you're right. She. This could have been on my life. Um, I don't di- I don't disagree with you in the fact that Faith outsung Mary on it. And and what was interesting was, and for particularly for those of you who were around in the nineties the little bit of buzz that we heard about this album was that faith was better than Mary J. Blige. That's the little bit that I heard about her. There's like, yo, she can blow. She's better than Mary. And for me, she proved it. Stop it. (laughs) For me, 
1994-95, if you said anybody was better than Mary J. Blige, I was willing to die on a hill fighting you because nah. that wasn't possible for me. No, and this is this is why you you're, you're full of Kyle, <laughs> because because Mary J. Blige was loved by the streets. She was not loved by the masses in the night. The in, in that, hold 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 up, uh, LOX. <laughs> she was loved by the streets. She was not loved by the masses, but the streets often said, "No, we love her. She can't sing worth a damn." Mm. but we love her her people our people us we was like man she can't really sing but nah but she's she's the best she's the queen of hip-hop r&b right. and it was like but but singing <laughs> maybe give you the give you the tight lips and the side eye like really is, is that what we're talking about right, right, right. her singing is not what we're we're here to talk about and so when fave came out it was like she got the the bad boy I hate this word, but I'm going to use it for the sake of listeners. She had the bad boy swag, Mm. but could sing for real, for real, for real, for real, for real. Yes. (laughs) Because you got to, you got speaking of for real, for real, for real, you got to think about this time. We have Rochelle Pharrell. (laughs) We had, we had legitimate singers that was not getting any burn. That was not getting any burn mm-hmm. because R&B got killed by somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you had somebody that had the bad boy, you rewind this, bad boys behind this, and could sing, oh, it was, it was a rap. Like I said, I thought Mary was done. I was like, this chick, and she, she, was, she was a looker. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but, uh, but to your point, you're right. There was a lot of people that thought that because there was a constant comparison between Faith and Mary J. Blige. And for for Mary to get on a track, with, <clears throat> excuse me, for Mary to get on a track with her. And I thought she did, she did decent, but Faith blew her away, you know? And I thought, you know, it was just like, I didn't think she was out of there, but it was just like, oh, huh, competition's kind of stiff now, you know? So it was, it was, it, that was a time, man. But it, like you said, we had, we had singers in, like you had to sing and, I don't think for a second that Mary J. Blige didn't think she could get on the track and not hold her own against Faith. But oh no, and then I didn't even even see it as a competition. Not mm-hmm. because it wasn't a competition because she couldn't sing or the sing. It because the way I approached it was they were they were girls, they were friends, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and she did her a favor by getting on her album because it's on no Faith. We know Mary, and if Mary, if this this is also the era of endorsement. Yes, sir. If if Mary ride with her, we ride with her. Exactly. If Mary would have came out and if he was like, man, fuck Faith, we might not have listened to this album. <laughs> we may not have listened to this album. You're right. You're right. Because the division for that type of stuff, this, this is this is the beginning of the end. We only, as Trevor, as Trevor said, there was only five years left. <laughs> That's all that was left. It was only five. That years was all left. that was left. Five years, man. Because because. You had you had Kim and Foxy. Foxy came out while she and Kim were still friends. Mm-hmm. After Kim came out, then there was the thing, and they were split. Had they were had they been beefing at the time of the debuts, we don't know what the split would have been. But the mere fact, if you um, 
um, on Foxy Brown's debut album, her first um, her first album, the song um, El Nana, mm-hmm. the title track. She says. Shaking my ass half naked, loving this life, waiting for Kim's album to drop, knowing it's tight. So everybody was happy. Everybody was cool. (laughs) We were good. And so, and so, like I said, Mary and Faith, oh, they, they great. They friends. So we know, we know Mary ride with Puff we, and, and Faith was signed with Puff. Everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. So it was just the fact that I'm like, yo, she is really singing. And I, I don't, I just heard my life. I don't know if she can, if this woman could do better than my life mm-hmm. because I, but then again, I ain't think anybody could do better than what's the 411. <laughs> <laughs> 1000%. So, yeah. Oh man, great points, great points. Um, and then we go from track six to track seven. Uh, I think this is where the album takes us to the bedroom. She goes to track seven, "Come Over," written by Faith Evans and Floyd Howard, produced by Puffy Combs and Charles uh, Thompson. Excuse me, Chucky Thompson. Not Charles Thompson. That's my homeboy. Um, <laughs> Charles Thompson would never produce a song. Um, so yeah, come over, man. What did you think about uh, track seven? Come over. Um, again, and uh, it seems like a thing, but the bridge, mm. crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to fight you. I just want you to see. Um, yes. Um, but. Nah, I, I I I love it again, and again the theme. She got in, she got out. Mm-hmm. I mean, this her verses and songs are quickies, and you know, and even and what what ahead, some longer they they just repeat they repeat the chorus mm-hmm. or the bridge, but the verses she she give you a hot eight bars, and then that's <laughs> it. And to your point. She's in and out, but the song is five minutes and thirty-five seconds. Because they repeat the chorus exactly. and the bridge, and that is songwriting and structure. Mm-hmm. When it's something like that, and you don't even notice it unless some asshole like me points it out. <laughs> Facts. You're like, hold on, wait a minute. Her verse was only like five lines. Yeah, it ain't long. <laughs> like, yeah, it and ain't then, long, uh, but you get a lot of music. It. You might not get her singing until, you know, the one minute mark. So, yeah, you're right. right. And it, 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 like you said, in and out. I love this joint, man. It, I mean, won't you come over, make sweet love? I mean, it, it was a lot of sweet love being made back then, man. I, the 90s was so dope, man. So dope. Um, love this joint, man. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, track eight, which actually was the, I think, yeah, it was the second song to be released from the album. Um, track eight, Soon As I Get Home, uh, written by Faith and Puff. If you want to believe it, Puff actually wrote it. Man, you know, you know Puff, Puff wrote that, that, that beginning. <laughs> he wrote like two sentences. Um, Soon As I Get Home, man. Uh, what, what did you think about that one, man? Um, I like the song. Um, at the time, I didn't like it as much because I had heard it. Yes. so many times yes and so usually usually album singles i 
tend to not like initially because it's like, all right, man, I got it. I'm here for the new stuff. I'm here for the stuff I haven't heard. I've heard this song all fucking month. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm tight. Um, I like that we got a little bit built-in interlude um, before um, and um, excellently written song. This song, this is the thing. Songwriting, especially then, um, this 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 is um, reminiscent of the seventies and the eighties songwriting, where it's about something, <laughs> and, and it, it, it yeah, it has like it has a message, but not as a message, a mood. And it conveys a thought. It's like what the singer wants you to feel or think. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not even necessarily up for interpretation. Like this is what it is, but it's a theme. And so when you can buy into the theme because it is different or original, um, it makes the song better. When you're singing, when you have, and listen, this is not to disparage the contemporary artists. But when you have, when you have a six-song project, because we can't really even call these albums at this no. point, when you have a six-song project and four or five of the songs are the exact same theme, with mostly the exact same beat, it, it kind of takes you out of it. You, you can't really enjoy it. Even the songs, that, even the albums that we love, it's like, it's so dope. It's like it's one whole song. It just keeps flowing into each other. It does, but there's different themes to that flow. It's not like, it's the difference is, man, this song goes right with that one. I love it. Instead of, oh, this is a new song? This is a different song? Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. What's the name of this one? Because <laughs> it sounds just like the other one. I don't know. And so, 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 so this, this. I love the way the song was written. Um, I love the way she sang it. Um, great song. Yeah, man. I, same here. I, this was one that, uh, <clears throat> like to your point. Normally, with radio singles, they tend to wear on you. So by the time you know you're, by the time they're out of rotation and you're still sitting with the album. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that they become skips for you, but it's just like you've heard it so many times because this, this was you know novel concept. This was the time where we actually could listen to the radio, um, and this was like I said the second single, um, but it didn't. It, it didn't rub me the wrong way. It was something and still is a good song and one of the, one of the songs that I love listening to. Um, like you said, just what she's singing about. I mean, as soon as I get home, I'll make it up to you. <laughs> I mean, how many times your woman come home and say? <laughs> As soon as you get home, they're going to make it up to you. Uh, never. <laughs> oh, Lord. This is so true. They ne- That's never said. But, I mean, I appreciate Faith for trying. <laughs> they, ne- they never said that they was going to make it up to me. As soon as I got home, they also never uh, said, won't you come over and make love to me? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Hey, speak for yourself, what, buddy. I don't know what kind of conversations this woman is having with these men. <laughs> Oh man, but I, I love the song, man. I love the Won't song. you come over and fix the sink? <laughs> <laughs> Won't you come over and change my tire? Yeah. Um 
then we move to track nine, which track nine is the longest song on the album. It's six minutes, two seconds, and it's written by Faith, produced by Chucky Thompson and Puff. It is my favorite song on the album. The song is called All This Love. Um, Man, this joint, shh. It's a lot of stuff I could say about this joint, but I, this this song, man, Faith, in my opinion, I mean, she she kills it this whole album, but I think this song right here, she was, as the young folks say, and I hate the saying, she was in the bag, in her bag. Oh, no, you're such a millennial. I know, right? Sounds so corny. Um, but, man, she crushed it, man. She, oh, my gosh, this song is everything. I mean, like, from the hook to the end the la la la's bruh man listen a young 12 kyle used to sing this to sharice oh jesus yeah, christ man. I used to sing to all the time. I, i'm gonna leave the studio right now man look uh, uh call me back in when it's my turn right, you tell me what you think no no i don't need to be around all of this stuff man clean up man get the mop oh man love this joint man favorite song on the album what about you um this is this this gets you back into to to a mood um this is the sing-along out um song mm-hmm. this is the song that make you think <laughs> listen this is this is this is my thoughts this has nothing to do with what my 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 friend here just said <laughs> i was about to say this is a song that make you think you can sing yes that too <laughs> <laughs> because because this come on you're like oh let me, let me let me kill this one <laughs> <laughs> fucking curdled milk lies <laughs> you're ruining the song but boy you got your eyes closed you feeling it though yes, yes. this this nah, this is this is the song that makes you feel good there's another song that makes you feel good and while it is the longest on there it's because boredom lies <laughs> she, she repeats them and and and, the, and she gives you some more chorus but um yeah, this might be the first time in uh, an R&B song someone someone used the word abundantly in it. <laughs> nah, she, she does. She, she, yeah, she bodied abundantly. <laughs> she bodied it. Yeah, she did. She really did, man. And then uh, the next track is an interlude, uh, track ten. Thank you, Lord. It's only fifty-five seconds. Uh, I can deal with it. I mean, it's you know she's thanking the Lord, so you know. I mean, just see. And that's the problem. See, that's the that's the showtime at the Apollo move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just whack, but you can't say it's whack because it's about Jesus. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you go to Showtime at Apollo. You sing a gospel song, you will not get booed, yeah, no matter how like, bad you uh, are. Uh, uh, they're like, "Oh, you son, we want to throw everything at you, but oh, Jesus! All right, all right, we roll it." So, if I'm being completely honest. Get rid of all the interludes on this on this album. Okay. <laughs> and, okay. And you got a tight ship because the interludes simply take you out of the vibe and the mood that the songs put you in. Mm. The only reason why um, what's the name does it as soon as I get home because she gets right into it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I, I get it. I love I love the Lord and, and it's thank 50, you too. Yeah, right. And it's fifty five seconds, so you really don't even skip it. You just kind of deal with it because it's fifty. Yeah. And, it's, and don't get me wrong, 
I don't want anybody. It's like to... a YouTube ad waiting for a skip ad <laughs> right. to show up. Be like, all right, man, where's the skip ad? Right. Where's the skip ad? <laughs> and I don't want anybody because we love the Lord, but yeah, I'm just saying we just had all of this love. You know, I didn't need to go to the Lord after all of this love. I mean, you know, right? It yeah. It's on her back now. Now I got to, now I got to think about Jesus. Oh man, that ain't fine. Oh man. Then we moved to track eleven. Uh, which was the lead single, You Used to Love Me. Um, Man, listen. Banger, banger, banger. Um, Love this joint, man. Of course, like I said, lead single, she had a video for it. Um, Incredible song, man. It's one of those songs that, like you said, got heavy, at least for me, got heavy radio play, but I never Mm -hmm. got tired of it. Um, What did you think about You Used to Love Me? Oh, I got tired of it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song. This song, um, this song could have been on if they did a remake for "Waiting to Exhale." This should have, this would have been a lead single. Mm. <laughs> um, ironically enough, it was supposed to be total song. Okay, wow, did not know that. Yeah, um, that's 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 the ironic part, but. Um, she kept it in it. <laughs> it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I it's, everyone's heard it. I, it's, it's she she got in, she got out, she got a verse and a half yes. and mad chords. Yes, and the guitar <laughs> so, playing. <laughs> oh yeah, oh man, hit you with the guitar solo like Stanley Brown on pause. Yeah. Ah, well played, well played. I hear you. Um, so then, after you used to love me, we go to track twelve. Give it to me. Whew, man, what did you think yeah. about this one? Hey, man, we 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 got our first official appearance of uh, Puff on on this song. <laughs> you know, he been writing his ass off this whole album, Allegedly. but now we finally get. Oh, come on, man, he's a <laughs> super writer. Um, and so, um. This 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 is much like um, um, falling in love. Now now I'm back in the car, I'm back in the car ride, and I'm feeling good. Um, um, this is this is where I gotta I gotta go pick up the the, the 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 soda and the ice for the barbecue. I'm driving to go pick that up so I can drop it off. Um, really really well written song, um, and again. It makes you the the lyrics convey a concise thought, and it makes you like, yeah, yeah. What what is it? What is he giving her? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have I ever gave that to somebody? I want to. I want somebody to think that, you know. So so that's that's. I really like this song. Yeah, man. Same here. Same here. Um, this gave me like a um just a real mellow vibe man i love this joint i love the way it comes on um again to me at this point faith is not disappointing me at all like i'm still locked in i am loving every song on this album to this point uh give it to me like i said real mellow real laid back um and like you said there's a theme she's singing to a particular theme and she's getting in getting out and the song just flows uh then we move to track 13 you don't understand um what did you think about you don't understand 
Here's the thing about you don't understand. This I, I want you to understand this about you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> this is where she showed that she could sing her face off. Mm, facts. The end of this song, man. When she told me she needed my help, <laughs> man. Nah, this song. This is this was the stopping your tracks and listen song. This, I mean, you, you're not. But this was this was the one when it came on. I just sat and just like, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she. Killed this song. This is this is supposedly the only one that was really about big. Really, <laughs> supposedly. Supposedly. Wow. Yeah. Now, because other people think that you know, the soon as I get home or that. Nah, nah. I, uh, you used to love me. Mm-hmm. Was, was about big, but I think that one. I think that one was supposedly about her ex. Mm, okay. Um, one of those was about her, about her ex, but, um, but this one was supposed to be, um, the one about, about big and, but she, her voice on this song, yes. absolutely ridiculous. When you, when you get to, you get to the end of this song, if you ain't feeling this song, I, <laughs> I can't, song's wrong. yeah, I can't, I, I can't, I can't connect to you. Yeah, man. I, I'm rolling. I'm with you, man. It, it's. This is one of the songs where, like I said earlier, that you hear it on the album, but you can't wait to hear it live because you know she's going to destroy it because she crushed it on the album. So you only know it's going to get even better when you see when you hear it live. But man, Faith, this was one of the songs where I think at least in the debates that I was having with my friends, because, again, 94, 95, and you couldn't tell me nothing about Mary J. Blige. But, and I wasn't I wasn't really, re- really ready to relent on that point. But this song right here, as much as I love Mary, she couldn't do this song, right? She couldn't, Absolutely she, not. She no couldn't way. do it right now. She couldn't do it then. <laughs> Stop it. No. no she, I mean, she well, couldn't. I mean, yeah, she couldn't I, do it now. No, no, yeah. she can no. I mean, I'm this song do it now. Well, maybe. Nah, fake it now. Yeah, but this this song is just yeah, she absolutely crushed she incredible. Crushed she crushed it. Uh, then we get to track fourteen. Don't be afraid. Uh, written by Faith Evans and Latisse Shaw, produced by Herb Middleton. Your thoughts on that? Um, don't be afraid. Again, with the sequencing. She just she just gave us the the the, the super roller coaster, and then now she's mailing us mm-hmm. back out like you know what relax I still got this total control um, the like it's the the way that this thing was laid out is incredible they could have easily just went all right let's put the mid tempos in the front let's put mm-hmm. some ballads at the end or vice versa or something but the way that they uh, told a story with this um where where they laid the album out it's incredible and uh this song again makes you think about damn 
whoever this is, <laughs> they, they, they something. This is one of those albums that make you want to be like, either, damn, I want to be whoever she's singing to, or right. I'm glad I ain't that dude she's singing to. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one or the other, like, oh, wait a minute, no, no, I, I didn't do that. I still, I still love you. I didn't, and I used to. I don't, or... I would love to come over and do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> nah, nah, great song. Yeah, man, I, I love it for all the reasons that you said, man. It, it, it. This song right here, man. It, it, it brings you and puts you in the mood for for just feeling away. You know, um, a lot of these songs on a lot of albums that we talk about, you know, they they're they're made to bring out certain emotions. But I think to your point. These the way that Faith sings and the way that these songs are written, it makes you think either she's singing or talking about a specific person. And it also makes you reflect on your life. Like I know for me, again, at the time that this album came out, Sharice and I were dating. So this was huge for us. My friend over here who's a player, you know, who's over there. (laughs) There might be a song or two that reminds him of a woman who knows. We don't all know. these song, all these songs remind me of Faith Evans. <laughs> so, so there's no, there's no, there's no woman in E's life that is connected to any of these songs. Your Honor, all of these songs remind me of Faith Evans. <laughs> He's pleading the fifth. One, two, three, fifth. <laughs> uh, so, Your Honor, Faith Renee Evans. <laughs> so, so, if you had the tape. The album ends there. But if you had the CD, there was a bonus track. And that was track 15 called Reasons. And that, my friends, is my favorite song I on the entire it. album. I knew it. I knew it, man. What, 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 what's to love about? Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to love about Reasons, but why, why is Reasons your favorite song? I wasn't even supposed to have this song. Oh, the mere fact that I had the CD, I got the song. The mere fact that this was originally an interlude and because of one of the greatest producers of all time, um, told them to make it a song. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, this this was originally um, going to be an interlude, but um, because... I'm glad they did. <laughs> yeah, because... Um, um, uh, what was that? Uh, Dave Hollister singing mm. um, background vocals on it during the uh, Black Street sessions. Teddy Riley heard him singing it, and it was like, "Nah, it's an interlude for album." And it was like, "Nah, <laughs> this needs to be a song." And he convinced Puffy to make it a song. Mm, mm, yeah, I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did, man. This. And it's 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 crazy because you know you listen to the thing and you're like, "Damn, all right, that's it." This is a great album. And then this comes on. Mm-hmm. And this ah, this is this is the spine chilling tingle song. Yes. The, the 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 track is crazy. And the the lyrics, the way she's singing them, what the chorus is. And then, oh, the the when I can seem to find my way, you brighten up my darkest day. Repeating at the end, there's I don't there's not many albums that the bonus track 
it's my favorite <laughs> song on the entire album. So basically, I was saying you wouldn't have had a favorite if I wouldn't. Right. If you if I would have bought the cassette, I would have been like, no, right, it's, right, it's, right. no, that's dope. What's your jam? I don't know. No other love, I guess. But this was like, nah. I've heard this song more than I've heard the entire album. Wow. So I love this song. on your slow jams get the draws tape from back in the day. Oh, man. The, I, I, I remember making a mix CD, I want to say. And this song was on it like twice. I was, just, I was like, nah. We gonna open and close with the same song, man. This is nah. He's producing. <laughs> give, give me the reasons, nah. Oh man, that's funny, man. This, I guess, is is my third favorite track. But like you said, man, it, you could make it number one, and I understand exactly why you have it at number one. But like you said, if you bought the tape, you didn't have this song. There's so, people that probably still don't know this song. Man, she, this is a, there are very few people that I can think of that closed out an album like this. Because normally your last song on the album or a bonus track, you know, something they threw in or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, this, ain't, this ain't North Star Jewels. No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. This ain't something they put together. And like you said, great story about Dave Hollister. You know, because, and and if you listen to the song, you can kind of hear how it could have been a an interlude. But I mean, hell, she's already three interludes in. We don't need any more interludes on this album. Right. We didn't need the one she gave us. <laughs> so... Yeah, man, I love this joint, man. I mean, like, man, this song is incredible. Great finish to the album. Um, again, man, twenty five years. It's hard to believe that this album is turning twenty five. So as we as we wrap up the podcast and look back, if you, man, look, this is this this album. Is in my personal. That's what I was going to ask you. Top, this is in my personal top ten R and B albums of all time ever. Mm. And my favorite. It might be in my top five, but it's definitely in my top ten. Um, I adore this album. So, and 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 the criteria is, I like everything on it even if i gotta deal with these interludes because <laughs> some some albums have like say it's say it's 12 tracks some have eight bangers mm-hmm. and then four songs you're like nah, i can't i can't rock with them like that right. i mean i still love them but i can't say damn my top 10 my top 10 is a very um um rare rare air feel even though <laughs> It's a very it's a very me thing because um, a few of the albums that's in my top ten are in no one's top ten. <laughs> for, for why, are, why, why are we not surprised? <laughs> Listen, you, you you gotta you gotta roll with what you like. You gotta like what you like. Um, um, uh, for those for those of you playing at home, real briefly, I'll tell you my top ten. Do it. Uh, um, guys, guy is number one. Mm. <laughs> well, not number one, but it's. It's number two, actually. Um, Bobby Brown, don't be cruel. Of course. Um, Troop, this guy. attitude, 
If you ever heard that whole album, there's not a flaw in that entire you album. Cameron are the only people I know that love that album. Because Cameron's a great guy, and I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming he's adopted. <laughs> Cameron <laughs> so, is my son. <laughs> I'm assuming. I'm assuming he's adopted. Um, I'll be sure it's in effect mode. Mm. Yes, sir. Um, BBD's poison. We we could go with the boot city. on that. We could go to Boot City Variety if we if you want. Mm. Um, Mary G. Blige, My Life. Of course. Goat. The Killer. <laughs> and Vogue's Born to Sing. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Michelle Lay's self-titled debut. Okay, okay. The number one album, Key Sweat. Make it last forever. How did I know? And faith. Those are my ten. Okay, okay. I can, I can put I can add all of those to a playlist, hit shuffle, and be be good, happy. Okay, okay. So I, I guess I already know the answer to this, but before we get out of here, I want to throw this at you. You're on an island, mm-hmm. and you can only take one album with you. Mm-hmm. You've got keep sweat, make it last forever. You know you got. <laughs> You're in an island, and you've got, you can only take one album with you. You've got right. My Life. Uh-huh. You've got Faith's debut album. Uh-huh. You've got Baduism, and you've got Who is Jill Scott? Which album are you taking? <laughs> I'll tell you which one floating first. Um, it got to be, it, it be My Life. It got to be My Life. Okay, okay. And the reason why my life, uh, for those of you playing at home, after we I just wax poetic about, um, <laughs> and I did include my life in my ten, so yeah, you don't, did, you don't, did. Don't, don't, let's not be crazy. It's because of the variety of tempos mm-hmm. on my life. Yes, I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, a, you know, because if if it's just if I'm on an island by myself and I'm listening to Faith. I'm going to sleep a lot and I'm going to fuck and ain't nobody going to be there. <laughs> Don't nothing on my life really well, make we you want to fuck. we assume that you're going with company. But, I mean, it's, oh, okay. It's, man, hey, it might be. It might be. You know, it might it's be funny how they always put you on an island by yourself with, yeah. with music, but you ain't got shit to play it on or nothing. Yeah, no electricity, no nothing. I could make a, uh, I could be like the professor and make a CD player <laughs> out of coconuts. But nah, you know, because cause, uh, the thing about my life, it's nothing in my life that really turns you on. It just makes you, you know, <laughs> feel, feel it's good. It's a mood. It's a mood, man. That, that, uh, that, it's, it's, that's a great analogy. You know, those are four incredible albums from four different styles of women. Um, but uh, How do you rank those four? Go ahead. I'll probably go. First, first, go ahead, do it. Uh, Baduism fourth. So thank you everybody for listening to the show. <laughs> Baduism fourth, faith third. Who has just got second in my life? First. All right, man. Hey, hey uh, tell everybody what to send the comments to. Hey, you. Yeah, y'all know where to hit me up at. <laughs> y'all know where to hit that me up at. Was the worst ranking in the never, history of rankings. never ever. But um, but yeah, man. Again, we gotta thank you guys for listening. Um, before we get out of here, eat. Tell the folks where they can find you at, where they can hit you up at, where we can have some discussion about, you know, their music taste or your music taste. Uh, tell them where they can hit you up at. All right. Listen, if you're on the Twitter streets, um, add Eclectic Podcast. That's the podcast. Um, 
Twitter handle. Um, at one gotta go if you're feeling like playing some games. And at it's, uh, at tweet rhymes life if you if you enjoy the hip hop. If you're on uh, Insta, Insta Bibble, um, at eclectic, that's E C L E C T I K, and um, that's for the the regular joint. And then eclectic discussion podcast is the podcast Instagram, and then Encyclopedia Hip Hot Pod is the other instagram so if you're listening to podcasts like this one then you enjoy my my sweet silky voice um you can you can you could go and, and and download the podcast and stream it out eclectic discussion podcast and encyclopedia hip-hop podcast where um for for a lot for a lot of time in the, in the near future you will um listen to me demolish Kyle in a That's in a series of drafts. So, <laughs> so, so uh so 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 tune in and and enjoy. No doubt, no doubt. Well you guys have been listening to my podcast long enough. You know that you can find the Twelve Kyle podcast anywhere where podcasts are free. Uh that's gonna do it for us again. Thanks for checking out this podcast. So for my man Eclectic, I'm your boy 12 Kyle again. Faith Evans, the debut album, 25 years later. Thanks for checking us out. We'll catch you guys on the next go-round. 5,000.